Amen. All right. Well, it is good to be back at church. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm glad two people are excited about it. Praise the Lord. It's good to be back in church. Uh, I was uh, thinking uh, Sunday night, I felt really bad uh, in more ways than one. I felt bad because I was sick. Uh, but I felt bad because that is the first time I've missed a Sunday service in, I think, about 11 years, something like that. Uh, I've been in church somewhere every Sunday for the last 11 years. That was like the first Sunday that I've missed church. And uh, so it's good to be in the house of the Lord. I don't like not being here. I think it's, uh, this is where we're supposed to be uh, when the doors are open and God wants us to be here. And so I'm glad to be here tonight. Um, two weeks ago... Uh, we began uh, in Acts 4, and uh, that's where we're going to be at tonight. I'm glad for the soul-winning conference that we had, what an encouragement that was uh, to my heart, and uh, what a blessing to have all the messages that we heard, and uh, Brother Josh Montgomery is a dear friend, what a blessing he was, and Brother Elwood, uh, the things Brother Elwood did helping us out here, what a tremendous blessing that was, and all the other preachers uh, that were here preaching, a tremendous blessing to my heart. And uh, I got a lot of help from it. Uh, if you didn't, then there's either you're lost and need to get saved, or number two, you're just so far backslidden you need to get right. Uh, because there were some great messages that help us out, and uh, what a blessing that was. Uh, we spoke out of Acts chapter 4 last time, and we talked about boldness during the trials. And uh, we spoke about how there was a problem uh, that was coming. They were uh, getting ready to put Peter and them in jail. They put them in stocks and put them in prison, uh, trying to uh, get them to stop preaching in Jesus' name. And uh, they thought about the miracle that was taking place. And uh, all of this was backfiring because Peter preached a message and he preached Jesus. Um, they put him in prison and all these things thinking they were going to get him to stop. And he said, but I cannot help but preach the things that we have seen and heard. Uh, he said, I don't know what else to do but preach Jesus. I can't help but help that. And so he said, look, you're seeing the man here that got help and uh, all these things. And then uh, they, they gave this other plan. Well, fine, we're, we're just going to threaten you. Don't do it again, you know, and all these things. And so uh, they were trying to be very persistent. But uh, Peter and them went back and said, listen, they're trying to get us to do this. And people began to pray. And uh, the power of God came down and different things like that. But I want to talk to you more. I was reading again through all of this, and we're going to start in verse number 24 of chapter 4 tonight, um, where we're going to be, and uh, usually I you, have done one message per chapter, but uh, God's got a couple of them stirring up in my heart from Acts chapter number 4, and uh, hopefully it'll be a help to you as it was to me this week. My heart has been uh, really burdened about this area of prayer. I believe that we have not done justice in the area of prayer uh, in our lives. We come on our Wednesday evening prayer meeting time, and uh, we go through the same routine every Wednesday, and uh, we have our time of prayer. And uh, I'm wondering, though, how many of us that this is the only time we spend praying uh, for any length of time uh, all week. Now, for the vast majority, usually the Wednesday night crowd is the faithful crowd, and uh, we know that, but we all could pray better, and we all could do better in this area. And I want to talk to you about some things. We're going to read in verse number 24, and then I'm going to give you the title, and I'll pray, and then we'll get started this evening. 
Uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 24, it says, and when, they heard, uh, and when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of, David, uh, of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and why did the people imagine vain things? Verse 24, uh, he says, and they, when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God. I want to preach a message to you tonight on when the church prays, when the church prays. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be here tonight. Lord, I stand where the arm of the flesh will fail me. I need your help and I need your touch. Lord, I thank you so much uh, for getting me back in church. Lord, thank you for uh, helping that sickness to go through quickly. Lord, I still have a bit of congestion and things of that nature, but Lord, I uh, Thank you for allowing me to be on the mend, Lord, and thank you for what you've done in my heart through these uh, messages and things. And Lord, as I've studied and tried to prepare uh, to deliver the message that you'd have for us tonight, Lord, I pray that you uh, use it to encourage us to be people of prayer. Lord, not to just pray when we come in a group setting, not to just pray when we think people are watching, not just to pray when we think that we just have a need. But, Lord, to have a mindset of prayer and an attitude of prayer. And, Lord, we just thank you so much that you desire to hear from us as well. I thank you for your word, how you speak to us through your word and through your message. But, Lord, I thank you that you allow us to converse with you through prayer. And, Lord, I pray that we'll never take that for granted. We'll never take that lightly. Lord, we love you and thank you so much for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So. As I was going through this, they talked about all the threatenings and everything that happened in, that, in chapter number four after they were threatened and everything. And uh, it comes back and the, the man was uh, appeared there or this miracle of the healing that was showed to them in verse 22. It says, and being let go, they went their own to their own company and reported all, the, all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And the people of the church heard what everybody had said. Hey, you can't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. You can't do all of this. So how did the church fight back? What was the church going to do in order to say, hey, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. The chief priest now said, we're not supposed to do this. And you know what? There may come a day where the government tells us we're not allowed to pray. We're not allowed to read our Bible. We're not allowed to do these kind of things. And uh, the church is going to have to make a decision. Uh, they could have just said, lashed out and tried to win on the offense physically, but they understood the only weapon they really had at that point right there was prayer. And so the church goes to God in prayer, and they lift up their voice uh, to the Lord. It says, with one accord, and they began to pray. They began to lift up their voice to him. And I, I got to thinking about prayer and I got to thinking about how shallow sometimes our prayers are. And uh, oftentimes, you know, we say, well, I pray three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, and, uh, or now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, you know, if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take, you know, we, we always try to do these little ritualistic prayers sometimes, or, or we'll, we'll, we'll begin to pray and uh, we'll try to say words that we don't even know what they mean to act like we're uh, very intellectual and we're trying to impress God with our words and uh, different things like that. And I believe God looks at those kind of prayers and he's disgusted by them. You say, why? Because I know, I, I don't believe that we're doing those with a heart of sincerity. Uh, 
We're not praying those prayers with a sincere heart to the Lord. These, these people in this passage in chapter number 4, there were some things that happened when the church genuinely prayed with their hearts. You know, when we come to the Lord in prayer here on Wednesday nights, there's people on those lists that are depending on us, not to say some words from our head, but to pray from our hearts to the Lord. We need to have a fervent kind of prayer. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We need to have a a fervent type prayer. It needs to have some fervency and some passion behind it when we pray. You know, there's times in my life where it's been very shallow. Uh, I've, I've just done it because I'm supposed to do it. And guess what? You ought to pray because you're supposed to. But the fact is, we ought to pray because we have the opportunity to talk with our Lord. We ought to pray because we have the opportunity. And by the way, he's the only one that we can turn to in the good times and the bad times. There's nothing your pastor can really do. I can't answer your prayers. But God can. You know, you can talk to your friends about things and that's wonderful, but God is the one who has the answer to every problem that you're going through. But by the way, you ought not to only talk to God during a problem. You ought to talk to God in the mountaintops and in the valleys. Uh, he's still God, whether no matter where you're at. And uh, he wants us to talk to him all the time. But there's three things that I want to show you in this passage that I believe uh, that we can find when all of this takes place. First off, they understood, it, number one, when the church prays, the presence of God is perceived. The presence of God is perceived. Look at 20, verse 24 again. It says, and when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God in one accord, and said this, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them. Listen, they weren't just saying some empty words. They were talking to the Lord. They were saying, listen, uh, God's presence is here with me while I'm praying. When they went to the Lord in prayer, they understood that they were praying with the presence of God there with them. And listen, when we go to pray, understand God is with us. He's here to hear our prayers. He's right beside us. We're not praying and trying to wait for all that prayer to go through the whole galaxies and through the solar system and uh, trying to make sure that some meteor doesn't hit it on the way up. No, Jesus is right there to hear what we have to say when we're talking to him in prayer. But the first thing we ought to understand about this area of prayer is that we need to have a clean life when we pray. You say, what are you talking about? We ought to confess our faults to the Lord. Why? Because he said, if we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear us. We can't go to the Lord as unclean vessels and begin to ask God to, uh, to answer our prayers uh, according to these things. We ought to ask God to forgive us of our sins first. We ought to ask God to cleanse us and to forgive us for the, the wrongs that we have done and, and then thank him for who he is and begin to talk to the Lord in prayer. And I read this thing, a church that prays together stays together. And listen, when we as a church come to the Lord in prayer, we need to understand his presence is there with us. When we come and we hear the word of God preached, we always say where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst, and that's what the Bible says. But understand, that's not just when the word of God's being preached, that's even when you're praying. He's there with you when you're alone in your closet. He's there with you when you're uh, driving down the road in your car. He's there with you all the time. And we ought to open our hearts to the Lord as we're praying and understand his presence is there with us along the way. This church, as they were uh, preaching in the present, with the presence of God being perceived in their life, understand this, they were all in the same place. 
They were all in the same place. You know why I think it's so important for us to have church prayer? Because we're all in the same place praying together to the Lord. I believe God goes, hey, hold on a second, angels, listen to this. Listen to all those people talking to me right now. Listen to all those people down there at Faith Baptist Church lifting up their hearts and their, their, their souls to me right now. They're, they're pouring their hearts out for things that they, they are desiring, people that they're begging help for or, or problems that are going that they can't help. And they're asking me to help them along the way. Hey, listen up, angels. I want you to hear. L- listen, they're talking to me. Listen, I believe God does those things. Why? Because he enjoys it when we pray. They were all in the same place. They had the same purpose. That they were praying for. They all had the same purpose. What was that purpose? That God would intervene on their behalf. That the presence of God would be there. That they were able to uh, hear uh, and and listen as they were praying to God. That they had the same purpose in mind. They weren't praying that God would uh, hurt this person down here or do this or that. They were saying, no God, what we want is we want to preach in your name. We want your name to be out there. We want people to be saved. Our desire is to preach Jesus and we want the message to get across. And they began to ask the Lord just to help them and intervene on their behalf and guess what God does God does when the church prays the presence of God is perceived listen when we pray I wonder why is it so difficult for us to talk to the Lord it seems like a five-minute prayer takes an hour you say what are you talking about it seems like we'll be praying for five minutes and we think man I've been here an hour I had to have been I don't have anything else to say I've been praying for five, five minutes, and it, I know it's been an hour because I've been talking to the Lord for a long time, and it's only been like that. We run out of things to say. And there's people that I know, even preachers that I know, you guys know preachers are good at talking. Okay? They're good at talking, and they do, but it just seems like when we go to the Lord in prayer, it's all of a sudden we forget about what, what we're trying to talk about. What am I going to pray for? Uh, well, that's why it's important to have prayer lists. Why? Because guess what? You don't always have to pray with your eyes shut. You can pray with your eyes open. Okay? That's a good thing to do, especially when you're driving in a car. Pray with your eyes open. But, you know, we often pray and we get really self-centered when we pray. And we begin to ask the Lord for this and for that and to help me with this and to help me with that. And God help me and 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 Lord me and I and this and that. Listen, let's start learning to pray with a fervent heart for others. Let's learn to start praying with the same place and the same purpose in mind. I'm all for church prayer meetings. I'm all for churches coming together on Wednesday night for prayer meeting times. When we come to the get, there's there's times we ought to get down on this altar just as we did before a soul winning conference and lift up people to the Lord. Why? Because God cares about prayer. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. When the church prays, the presence of God is perceived. But when the church prays, not only is God's presence perceived, but his power, the power of God is received. When a church prays together, God's power comes down. When a church prays with a sincere heart, when a church prays with the same mind, when a church prays with the idea of, listen, it's not about us, O Lord, but it's all about you. Lord, it's not our will, but your will be done. And we mean that with our hearts. We say that. We're very good at those spiritual words. Lord, not my will, but thine be done. But Lord, please do what I want. 
Remember what Jesus said in the garden? Let this cup pass from me, but if not, not my will, but thine be done. He meant what he said there. Lord, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. But if not, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. Not my will, but thine be done. The power of God is received. Listen, they understood that God is sovereign. Verse 24, look what it said. And they lifted up their voice to God with one accord, and they said, Lord, thou art God. Thou art God. They saw God's sovereignty when they prayed. You understand when we lift our hearts to the Lord and we pray to the Lord, we're not praying to some false God. We're not praying to a statue. We're not praying to some uh, being that doesn't exist. We're praying to the creator of all the universe. We're praying to the, the, the one who died on the cross and shed his blood for you and I. We're praying to an almighty God who can do anything he wants to do whenever he wants to do it at any moment of time that he wants to do it. We, we are praying to that God. And when we lift up our hearts and our minds to him, we understand who we're talking to. We're talking to a sovereign God that has our best interest in mind. And you say, well, what do you mean he's got my best interest in mind? He hasn't answered my prayer. Oh, he might have answered. He just might not have answered the way you wanted him to answer. See, the fact is, we think God only answers when he says yes to what we ask. God answers prayers sometimes by saying nothing. God answers prayers sometimes by saying no. God answers prayers sometimes by saying not yet, sometimes yes. But the fact of the matter is, God knows exactly what we need when we need it. But we like fast food type prayers. Lord, help me with this, and by the time I get out of church, I want it to be done. But he says, pray without ceasing. We ought to have that mindset, understanding that we're praying to a sovereign God that knows what the future holds. He knows what we're going through. He knows uh, what we need to do. You say, well, sometimes, why do we go through trials? Maybe to teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. They said that in Scripture. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Listen, we ought to have that prayer request. God, teach us to pray. We have a, a country that needs us to pray. We need God to get back into our country once again. But guess what? Not only should you pray, you ought to live what you're praying. You say, what are you talking about? Lord, please help our nation to turn to you and help people to be saved. Well, how's that going to happen? You're going to get up and walk out there and hand somebody a gospel track and tell them how to go to heaven. We say, well, Lord, I've been praying for souls to be saved. Yeah, but you've never witnessed to anybody. You don't really mean your prayer. You say, well, preacher, I mean it. I really want people to be saved. Really, if you really did, you'd do what you could do to try to see them get saved. But you know what? I think oftentimes, Brother Ron, sometimes we use our prayers as a cop-out for working for the Lord. We say, well, I did my part. I prayed. Well, listen, God wants you to pray. But the church didn't just pray. They went out and did things for the Lord. They actually got active in the work. We have to understand that God is sovereign. We also got to understand that we ourselves are his servants. Look at verse 29. It says, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant us unto us, or grant unto thy servants, that with all boldness they may speak thy word. See what he said? He said, they said, Lord, they've threatened us. They're doing this stuff to us, but help us to be able to, with boldness, speak thy word. 
We want to speak your word, Lord. By stretching forth thy hand to heal and the signs and wonders may be done by thy name and thy holy child Jesus. And when they prayed, the place was shaken. See, when, when the church prays, the presence of God is perceived. We're, we're praying in the same place with the same purpose in mind. When the, when the church prays, the power of God is received. And we need to realize God is sovereign and we are his servants. Listen, we, a servant does what? They meet the needs of their master. It's what a servant does. They meet the needs of their master. When we are the servants of God, that means we need to be meeting the needs of the master. Well, God doesn't need anything, preacher. He has everything. Oh, God has some needs for you and I. What is that? To deliver his message. To deliver his message. That's what God wants for us. We ought to be praying that God gives us boldness to deliver his message. We need boldness to deliver his message. You know what? You say, preacher, it's easy for you. You're the pastor. Oh, it's not easy for me. I'm flesh just like you are. Today, Brother Ron, I pulled up at the gas station, and God tested me. Somebody pulled up next to me, and I was in a hurry because I had to go see Brother Jerry, and I had other hospital visits to do and other things like this. I'm pumping gas, and here I'm thinking to myself, man, I got to go, I got to go. And the Holy Spirit said, give that person a track. And I, was, I was arguing with the Lord. And he said, do you remember what you're preaching tonight? Ugh. All right, Lord. So I grabbed a track. I went over and I talked to the person. And they were like, oh, thank you very much. They didn't want to talk much. And I told them, I said, well, I'm Pastor Caldwell. Faith Baptist Church would like to give you this, invite you to come. And uh, they were real short, didn't want to speak. But I did what God told me to do. Listen, I don't know what, that, what, that's, what fruit that's going to happen or what's going to come from that. But all I know is God told me to give out a gospel track. And so I did. I tried to talk to the person about it. But you know what? It was a struggle. Listen, I, I love winning souls. I love trying to see people saved. But there's a battle that happens inside of us. We need to be praying for boldness that we can pre- speak God's word. We need to have boldness in preaching. The Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. Well, why don't we have boldness sometimes? Because we're not living righteously. Or we're not doing the righteous thing. How, how do we have righteousness? We follow the one who is righteousness. We walk in his strength. And we need to be praying uh, for boldness, just as this church did. They didn't go with selfish desires. They weren't saying, God, make us, uh, lift us up where people notice who we are. No, they said, Lord, give us boldness that we may preach thy word. Give us boldness that we may preach thy word. See, because we need to realize that we are his servants. And servants deliver the message. They meet the needs of the master. Not only do we deliver the message, but we need to disciple converts. It's another thing God wants us to do. We disciple converts. You know, there's an epidemic in our churches today of people that lead people to Christ and never do anything with them after that. We see them get saved, and then 10 years down the road, somebody knocks on their door, asks them if they're going to heaven, and they're like, yeah, I, I, I trusted Jesus as my Savior. Like, well, you go to church anywhere? No, I haven't been to church in 10 years. Why not? Do you know anything about God? No. I'm going to heaven, I'm good. Listen, going to heaven is just part of what salvation's all about. That's that's a benefit. Our eternal security is there. Why? Because we get to go spend eternity in heaven with the Lord. But that's not all God has intended for you and I. 
when we get saved, God wants us to grow in Him and walk with Him and fellowship with Him and train more disciples and see more people saved and go on by this. And you know, it's sad when we see people saved and then 10 years later, they come to a church and they say, wow, I haven't stepped foot in a, in a church in 10 years and the person who led them to Christ is nowhere to be found. We don't know anything going on. Listen, that's a problem. You know what God wants us to do? God wants us to have boldness, not not just to preach his word for salvation purposes, but to teach his word. That's part of the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, not just uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Talking about getting them in the baptismal waters. Tell them what baptism's all about. Teaching them how, what, what it means to have assurance of their salvation and what eternal security is all about. And teaching them about tithing and teaching them about uh, reading their Bible and teaching them about praying and teaching them about being soul winners themselves and teaching them about giving to missions and teaching them about serving in, in the ministry and teaching them about all those. Guess what? They need to be discipled. They need to know why we believe what we believe. You know why people don't, aren't able to stand on God's promises? Because they don't know what God's promises are. It's hard to stand on things that you don't know what they are. It's sad when you listen to a thousand sermons. You sit in church and you only know two verses. You never walk in God's word. You never do anything. That's why we're not training disciples. We're too busy living our own lives. You know what they were saying in this passage is, listen, we need the power of God. Listen, Faith Baptist Church is only as strong as the presence and power of God upon this place. Oh, we can have the right words every so often, but if we don't have the power of God upon this place, we're not going to see God do what God can do. You say, what are you talking about? See, all the way through the book of Acts so far, we've talked about being filled with the Spirit, having the power. You shall receive power. How do we get the power of God? Prayer. That was the recipe all the way back from chapter number one. Remember, I'm going to pour out my spirit. And they were all of one accord in prayer and supplication. See, there was a recipe here for the power and the presence of God upon a church. There had to be prayer. There had to be prayer. When a church prays, the presence of God is perceived and the power of God is received. But when a church prays, The purpose of God is achieved. The purpose of God is achieved. Look at verse 31. It said, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. God's purpose was achieved in their life. Why? Because they prayed. Because they prayed. The power of God is given so that his purpose can be accomplished. They spake the word with boldness. Listen, God does not give us his power to make us somebody. God gives us his power through prayer so that his purpose can be accomplished. That's why God does it. That's why God sends his power upon a church. It's so that God's purpose can be accomplished has nothing to do with you has nothing to do with me it's all about him getting the glory it's all about people knowing him 
That's what it's all about. And when we pray and we ask God to give us boldness, we ought not to be doing it so that we can ha- be, have our name in the sword of the Lord or that we can be invited to preach at some big meeting or that we can have our church name plastered all over everything. No, that's not what it's all about. It's about making sure people come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then not only are they saved, they're baptized and growing in the things of God and they're winning other people to Christ and God's purpose is being accomplished in their life. And that's what we ought to be praying for, is God to do those things in our life. It said they spake the word of God with boldness. That means they prayed, they asked God to do some things, and then they got up and they went forward and they put legs behind their prayers. They said, Lord, we're going to go out and we're going to pray, but one thing that was, or, and we're going to preach and we're going to talk for you. But one thing I thought was amazing here, it said in the place was shaken where they were all assembled together. When's the last time that your prayers stirred God up enough to shake this place? Listen, I believe with all my heart that we could have such the power of God upon this church that people just driving by would be shaken up. Why? Because there's something different about this place. But listen, it ought not just to stay inside the walls of this church. It ought to go out there. And the world ought to be shaken for God. Why? Because God's people are praying for His power. And His power is coming down upon them because they're filled with the Holy Ghost. They're living a life that is holy and clean and righteous before God. They're going to the Bible. They're spending time in a relationship with Him. They're talking to the Lord, staying clean so that God can use them the way He wants to use them. And they don't just stay there and pray and say, well, I did my job. No, they do everything in their power to get the Word of God out. And listen, the Word of God does what it does best. It pierces hearts. It convicts men of their sin. It draws men to the Lord. And look what it says in verse 32. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness over the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. It said, and when the multitude of them that believed. Listen, you know, multitudes will come to Christ if the church learns to pray. If the church learns to pray. You know, that's part of God's plan. When the Bible says, he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing the sheaves with him. You think that just means you're just crying as you walk up to the door? No, I don't believe that. I believe it means that you're weeping to the Lord over lost souls. Do you have a broken heart for it? Why? Because you're praying the will of God for them. You're praying for God's will. Listen, you ought to have a broken heart. How do you get a broken heart for souls? You see them as God sees them. You know, I wish I could have been here Sunday night and heard the presentation of Brother Arthur going over there to a foreign country. But you know what? It saddens me. You got people over there that die for the the word of God that we have here so freely. And they'll give their life just to be able to pray and talk to God. They'll give their life just to hold this blessed old book. 
And we sometimes can't even find ours. We very seldom read it. We very seldom talk to the Lord. And when we do, we say, Lord, I pray that you'll help me. Oh, oh man, I'm tired. And then we'll wake up and we'll watch a two-hour movie. And then, we, oh, man, I got to pray. And we'll start to pray again. And we, it's what happens, doesn't it? You know why? Because Satan doesn't want you to pray. Because there's power in prayer. We need to be a church that learns to pray. When a church prays, the presence of God is perceived. Listen, when we go to the Lord in prayer, understand he's here. He's here. He's not some far off. One thing I, I liked when I was an assistant pastor, our pastor used to say this. He's like, God doesn't, you don't have to dial long distance from this church to get a hold of God. It's a local call. See, because God's here. We, we look at it as, well, I don't know if God will hear my prayer because he's so far away. He's not far away. He's right here. If you're saved, guess what? He lives in you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. By the way, he knows your heart and the thoughts in your mind. He knows what you need before you even need it. And the Holy Spirit living inside of you sometimes prays for you when you don't even know what to say. But let's just learn to pray. God will do some great things if we'll learn to pray. These souls that we've been praying for, listen, we ought not to just stop praying for them. They need to be saved. Every day, I've been calling out your dad to the Lord. God put that on my heart. I've been begging God for your dad. And next time I get an opportunity, I'm going to talk to him again. I've had an opportunity to talk to him once. And I'm going to try again. Why? Because I believe I can't just pray about it. I need to try to do something about it. You know what, there's names that were listed all around here, but we ought not just say, well, I'm going to write them down. I'm not going to do anything. Listen, there's some letters I typed out today that I've got to send to family members. Why? Because I've been praying for them. You know what God spoke to my heart about here? Is if I want God's power, I'm going to pray for God's power, but I need to be able to speak his word with boldness. That's what I ought to pray for. Lord, as I send this letter out, I need your power upon it. I need you to bless it. Why? Because it's your word that's going to change their life. The presence of God is here. The power of God is received. God's sovereign. We are his servants. We need to be doing the will of God. But we get God's power and God's presence so we can fulfill God's purpose. They spoke the word of God with boldness. Listen, what happens when a church prays is this. They understand God's presence is there. They get God's power. God's purpose is fulfilled because people begin to believe. And they trust Christ. They begin to grow in the things of God. You know what my prayer is? That we'll see revival take place in our country again. And there's the naysayers. There's preachers I've talked to, Brother Arthur, that says, ah, Revival can't happen anymore. Let me ask you this question. Then why don't we just close up our Bibles, go home, and say, what's the use? Listen, God is still God. The God that saved 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost and 5,000 people after that, and daily they were added unto the church, such as should be saved. Guess what? That same God is still on the throne. 
And the same God that they prayed to that gave power and shook the place. And many believed and did that. That is the same God that's still ruling and reigning today. And we have access to him through prayer. And we need to learn how to get that access to that power. And if we'll plug in and tap into that power, we'll watch God do some wonderful things. But don't ever think that it's us doing it. It's God using us as a piece of conduit. To flow his power to somebody else. So what do we need to do? We need to learn to pray. We need to learn to pray. There's something God's really smote my heart about this week. Is we need to learn to pray. We're going to start making some changes about doing some prayer. Different prayer times. We have prayer time on Sunday morning. That's great. For men and ladies. But we need to have some prayer meetings. You say, what are you talking about? Just showing up at church and all we're doing is praying. Why? Because when a church gets together with the same mind and the same heart and prays, the power of God comes down and his purpose is fulfilled. I wonder if I put a sign-up sheet out and said, hey, we're going to go to this sporting event or we're going to go to this. Man, I'd probably have a big sign-up sheet. People wanting to go. If I said, hey, we're going to have a 24-hour prayer meeting. How many people sign up for our slots? I wonder how many people would be able to sign up. Well, preacher, I'm pretty busy that day. I don't know if I could make it. Listen, the problem is we don't have a desire to pray. To pray for an hour, whew, that's a long time. But you know what? If we took time, Brother Arthur, just confessing our sins to God, That'd probably take up most of the time right there, wouldn't it? Confessing our lack of prayer, that'd probably take up most of the time right there. But if we just come to the Lord as unclean vessels and get clean, and then talk to the Lord with a broken and sincere heart, watch the power of God come down upon this place. So when a church prays, the presence of God is perceived, the power of God is received, and the purpose of God is achieved. And that's what I want for Faith Baptist Church. That's what I want in my life. I want God's power and God's presence so that God's purpose can be fulfilled through my life. That's why God saved us, not just to take us to heaven, but to spread his gospel to other people. I wonder, are you going to do your part? Are you going to learn to pray? And then speak the word of God with boldness. With our heads bowed and eyes closed.